welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I am one of your hosts, Petter, and with me I got my co-host, James. Hey! And today we're talking about volume 10 of To Your Eternity. Probably, I'm just gonna say it, probably the most exciting cliffhanger to any of these books so far. Yeah! Oh, wow! <laughs> like For real! I, I just can't wait with that one. <laughs> Uh, just oh gosh! Definitely looking forward to you know seeing what comes of that and and stuff like that. And I mean we'll talk about this later, I'm sure. But, but yeah, but yeah, just super super exciting uh, ending uh, for real. I, I remember like when I read this one the first time, you know, feeling probably just the way you feel right now, just like mm-hmm. like wow, like this this is incredible. <laughs> but anyway, yes, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to keep reading, and you get to keep reading. I have to wait how many weeks? <laughs> but. Let us get straight into it, starting with Fushi, our boy. At the start of his, of this book, he has spread himself for three kilometers in every direction. I think that was the indication. And he had also been peeing and pooping himself uh, <laughs> during that whole time. But, but that aside, by the end of the book, he had spread himself throughout. Like he had rebuilt an entire capital yeah like castle and all so i think you know that this whole power that started in the previous volume right yeah it did right yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh he's gotten so far with it and just like he this really one has. book it's incredible expanded incredibly mm-hmm. uh although i will say it does seem like he might be thinning himself out in a way or at least exhausting himself i guess i can't say for sure he's thinning himself out but Mm-mm. it does feel like it, 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 through the course, I mean, just the the physical science he was showing that he, this may be too much of a strain for him at this time. Yeah. And maybe he's pushing himself a little too much. I, I, we know why, but it just feels like maybe they could be setting themselves up for failure in some way, or at least a partial failure. I, I'm not guessing that this next volume is going to be complete disaster, mm-hmm. um, but it may not go exactly well it cannot go exactly as planned for storytelling for storytelling purposes i don't think but yeah i think that it won't go exactly as planned just because fushi has extended himself so much but i i I could be wrong no no but i I think i think your worry there is is sound right uh he definitely has been exhausting himself like Mm -hmm. and like pushing himself beyond his capabilities so, yeah. yeah, definitely reason to worry, I think, for sure. But, you know, that aside, like you were saying earlier, it, it's impressive. It's Oh, yeah. It's, wow, how much he's recreated. It's it's amazing yeah. where we've gotten. Def- definitely. Where he's like, gotten. He just, like, like when he created the castle, just it just rose out of oh, the ground like that. That was so cool. That, oh, like, I, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that, hopefully, you know, in the season two of the anime, if that comes out, if they do make that second season. That's going to mm. be so epic. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah. And, and also, you know, through this ability, he can now also kind of transport or like teleport, quote unquote, himself. Yeah. Throughout this area that he has made his own, uh, which is also really, really awesome. I wonder if it's anything similar to how the beholder can kind of disappear or, mm. or transport or just work within his realm like maybe it's a similar principle that's going on, but not exactly the same thing. Right. Uh, clearly, because he doesn't have like a rope that's everywhere. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Fushi. Yeah, like it's some a bit more advanced probably for him. Yeah, probably a bit more advanced. But it, it's cool to see potentially the beginnings of that. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I also had that thought because, yeah, like I, I guess at this point because we started, we started having those speculations like Fushi will basically eventually learn everything that the Beholder can do. And mm-hmm. so with that in mind, it definitely, that those thoughts definitely come to mind whenever he learns a new ability. Right. Uh, so it's really cool. And, and, you know, at this point, like even at the very start of this book, he can, he was even able to defeat a knocker that was like three kilometers away yeah. while serving dinner, <laughs> you know, it's, mm. it's pretty, pretty crazy. Sorry. Just going to put Shino off the desk again. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I, I guess moving on a little bit from that point i i think something that kind of took me by well it maybe not by surprise but how hard fushi was taking it was when bong king comes back with these three guys and say like, hey they're not immortal yet but they will be wink yeah. wink nudge nudge yeah um and he kind of took that a little hard and he he, he basically tells kahaku is like, i can't trust bone anymore and i was mm. like I don't know. Like, to me, it just seemed like he was taking it harder than he needed to. But maybe, maybe I'm not seeing the big deal here. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm not angry at Bone enough. I I understand. Like I understand why Fushi would be upset. But maybe the extent of how upset he was, I don't know. Seemed a little like a little much. But we're all individuals with our own feelings i suppose so. <laughs> yeah i mean absolutely you know people are complicated and I, i'd say even though fushi isn't exactly human he mm, fair he acts largely as one you know and i think you know that makes him just as complicated as any human so i guess things like that are part of it but i don't know there was also sort of that scene you know they went to to see the princess of Renriel. And mm-hmm. and Fushi, I feel, I, I, he understood better than Bon how little trust there was between them and the princess. Uh, I mean, surely Bon understood that, but I feel like I think, Fushi yeah. understood it somehow better in a way, or so? at least he took it more seriously somehow, because he wanted, or mm. he, he, because he, because he, he spoke up to the, to the princess in that scene. Like, no mm. one else really dared do and mm. i don't know to me that that, that that made me feel like fushi took it seriously in a in a way in a way or at least i don't know i mean obviously his approach was different i guess that doesn't necessarily say that he took it more seriously than bon but definitely the approach was different regardless so i guess there yeah. was a bit of a rift there and he even like he didn't only tell bon that there was no trust between them and the princess he also told bon that there was no trust anymore between the two of them, like between him and Bond. Mm-hmm. And that definitely shook things up a bit. Yeah, I agree. With, I definitely agree with that. I felt like, and maybe it was because a bit of that moment uh, that, you know, that trust was lost where he says he couldn't trust Bond anymore. Maybe that's the reason why he, he kind of had a, a bad attitude a bit or just seem, seemed like he was pushing people away again during this whole thing but as time goes on he seems to maybe open up or or allow these people to help him yeah and i I do think i mean i do think that there was a trust issue there however i i think another reason and maybe a big reason is because he kind of well he expresses 
before the knocker comes that he's just not confident that he's able to save everyone. He feels that mm. uh, they could be all doing this for naught. Yeah. And so he still has that lack of faith in himself, hence why he was so... Just He just didn't feel like you could come up to him and, and talk to him, really, I felt like. Yeah. Unless maybe you were Echo. Right. But I mean, also, I, I don't know if this has a little bit to do with what you were talking about, but... Bond sort of made an observation early in the book, you know, in that first scene, that Fushi seemed to have distanced himself further from humanity. Oh. I sort of personally disagreed. I mean, in in that moment when Bond made that observation, I could see why he did it. Right. Like, based on that specific instance. But Mm -hmm. overall, throughout this book, I don't see any signs, really, of Fushi having distanced himself from his humanity. Uh, You know... Yeah, I agree. He 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 still feels guilty every time he uses the other forms of the humans that he's known. He he, you know, he reiterated on that in this book. I think potentially what he meant by that line was, and I'm sure you know this, but was <laughs> that he he's his powers are and abilities are just beyond that of humanity. That in that right. sense, he is furthering his, I guess establishment as a human like what what he is is less human um not so much his inner being and and his personality and the feelings he has that Mm -hmm. is very human but uh, i mean you know being able to create your own biodome is (laughs) very much not (laughs) human aside from creating or you know women giving birth and stuff like that but yeah i i don't know i i agree with you though that um, if that was bone was trying to say then no, I mean, nah. <laughs> like he's still, still very much human, right? And I think it was really just a thought in his head, so he didn't. I don't think he. I don't think it was something he said out loud. Oh, uh, I, I don't. I don't think I could be wrong though. But I, I think it was just I a thought remember. for him. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I, 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 it's not a big deal. But it was something that I took note of because it was something that I definitely I could understand based on that specific moment. But overall, mm. I definitely didn't agree with it. At least thinking of it as you know humanity being well the well what he is like his being his person mm-hmm. but anyway i i think fuji's and bond bond's relationship had definitely you know improved by the end of this book though so it for it, sure it seemed to have mended over time kind of right it may it maybe it was just a bit of a spat <clears throat> a bit of a spat and excuse me my voice i i was recording a video yesterday oh. and I did a lot of voices for it, so I think my voice is is a little hurting. Gotcha. They're not hurting, but anyway. Uh, so please forgive my voice cracking from time to time. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> but I think that by like you said, by the end, the trust was there, and I mean, Fushi went into the went to a room to talk to Bone, just like you know, just like he would have done like a, a couple volumes ago or last volume. So mm. you know, it's I I think. Compared to the beginning chapters of this volume versus the end, yeah, it was like they were back to normal. I think so, yeah. Personally, I was I was seriously moved to see that, you know, when Fushi wanted to create, like, the base in Renriel, he made it Boozman's house. I thought that was such, yeah, a, such a sweet thing. Yeah, I was thing. too. That was mm-hmm. so nice. <laughs> Gosh, it was so great. It was, it, was, it was just nice to see it again after all this time. Yeah, yeah, and I, like, I, I will say, like, th- there is a lot, like, since I read, I read, these books like definitely more than a year ago at this point i think it was like mm. around 
uh, spring last year. So it's been a while. So th there's a lot of details that I've forgotten. And I remember, like, well, when I reread it today, he was already in Boozman's form right before mm -hmm. that happened. So I remember thinking, like, ooh, wouldn't it be so cool if he made it his house? <laughs> and then he did. So, yeah, that was really, really sweet. It was. Uh, but it was also kind of sad that he couldn't remember Gugu. It's like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. Ugh. He built he built so. this tower. It's like, oh yeah, we lived together here for four years. Ah mm. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. he's really gotta he he's gotta get him back. Next he's, volume, come he on. He has to. Yeah, I think Gugu is the only at least main one that he hasn't got right now. Perona. Uh oh oh wait, did he lose Perona as well? Mm hmm. Ah uh, oh yeah yeah I guess her too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, hey, Gahaku is all like, "We are getting Prona back." And the oh others. yeah, you're yeah. right. That you're right. You're right. You totally said that. Objective number one. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, definitely want want to get those back as soon as possible, if, if only just for Fuji's memory of them, really. Yeah, of course. And yeah, like with that moment, Fuji sort of on a whim started started that that process of turning all of Renriel into into him or yeah basically mm -hmm. uh which i thought was such a cool idea to to turn the whole city into into him i, I don't know if that's the term the, the right term terminology or whatever but but yeah mm -hmm. like to do that for for the well in preparation for the knocker attack it's really smart but the more he spreads the more people in pain he senses you know, and he gets to, he, mm. he got distracted. Although, also as we learned later in the volume, the the fact that he got distracted for that period of time by that and went to help a bunch of people, that ended up sort of helping in, him in the end. Yeah. Because that meant that a lot of people had seen him do good deeds, and it it you know gave him good credit. So. No good deed goes unnoticed. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, that that's a really really good message with that. I think. Indeed. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, and he also picked up on a new. New sort of sensation that he didn't recognize. Right. It was visualized with like this other sort of like star esque, like white multi pointed star shit figure mm -hmm. thing. Did you have any like thoughts on what that might be? Because I didn't really understand that. Yeah, I, I have honestly, I don't have any clue. You know, we were talking to uh, is it some other guy? Is that is that the guy's name in? In our Discord? Uh, yeah, Great Dud Guy joined our Discord oh, server. That was, it wasn't some other guy. I, I don't know why I thought that was the username. Uh -uh. We were talking about how... Was there a distinct difference between, like, let's say, love and joy, happiness, and some of those other, like... Yeah. Feelings that are kind of like, positive mm. um, versus the negative pain kind of feelings. And you get to this point, it's like, well, maybe there is some sort of third other category or maybe there maybe these emotions are more distinct than than we realize right um, exactly i'm not sure although you would think with pain like maybe there would be like a sadness or something but maybe pain and sadness are one and the same so yeah i guess <laughs> what i'm trying to say is I, I i really can't say for sure it's interesting very yeah i i look forward to maybe you know learning more about this as we go on great dud guy there you go like yes. You, like you said. Uh -huh. My bad. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, basically for anyone wondering, we do have an open Discord server, uh, an open Umami Manga Discord server for anyone who wants to join, you know. Uh, we talk about, I mean, at least late, lately we've talk, been talking about 
the, the stuff that we ha- we are covering on Umami Manga right now being Kaguya-sama Love is War and this series, To Your Eternity. Uh, so that's fun. But, you know, we're open to talk about, you know, all things manga, anime, weeby stuff in there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, link in the video description on YouTube for anyone who's curious. But back to Fushi. After the city learned, you know, that, that well, that, that Fushi was Fushi... Uh, there was that scene when he decided to walk through the market in the boy's form. He, he, you know, he contemplated for a while before if he, if he should go, you know, in in a disguise. But he ultimately decided to go th- to walk through the streets in the boy's form as himself, more or less. Well, it is the 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 form that he has, you know, made himself known as, and it is the form that he feels the most himself in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought the fact that he made that choice in that moment reminded me a lot of when Gugu spent some amount of time without his mask on, you know, when he was a kid. Oh. Uh, you know, after after he ran away from Boozman and, you know, all that, he decided, he, he walked through the streets showing off his true self in a similar kind of way for the character, but obviously the, re- uh-huh. the re- reactions obviously were very different for, for in each of these instances, but... Just like right. the mentality for like for Gugu in that moment and for Fuji in this moment, I thought were very similar, and I thought that was a nice, nice little little similarity. <laughs> yeah, I didn't compare that, but that's a that's a good comparison, I think. Mm. That's all I got for Fuji. What uh, do you have anything more? Uh, just a couple things. Mm? Kaku says that Fuji is at least two hundred thirty three years old. Older than that guy, like than that one guy. Oh, I think I think that's what he said. So. At least 250, I guess. At least, really? at, at, Here, at, let me look. In that case. Hmm. Either way, mm. I think we were kind of speculating it was around there. So it's yeah. nice to get a you know written confirmation that that's basically the the age. For sure. Which is incredibly... I mean, for us, it's like, that, wow, that's that's <laughs> a few lifetimes there. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was definitely nice information to get. And again, I just want to t- touch on the, like the kind of... The more negative side that he was going through like when he when he was told to go check up on um sorry i gotta scroll down to get the name right uh Heido and just see how he's doing he's like wolf he's kind of like you know i don't want to do this it's all pointless anyway it's yeah. stupid. <laughs> you know yeah he, he's just really negative about it all um but i think his understanding and, and maybe opinion changes slowly but but surely it does and Mm. He, he, him saying that getting the the soldiers' trust won't do anything turned out to be wrong, I think. Well, well hmm. I think will turn out to be wrong. Even now, we see that by gaining the soldiers' trust, that's kind of helped gain the, the city's trust and, and the queen and the, the princess's trust. Right. So I think um, it was a smart decision. So, mm. I, I mean, I guess you could take a couple of things. One, you know, attitude is everything. <laughs> um, but two... Uh, you know, Fushi sometimes doesn't doesn't know everything. It doesn't have it all planned out. I mean, we I mean we've seen this time and time again, I, I guess. But even now, even though he's two hundred and thirty three, two hundred fifty, or whatever he is, <laughs> you know, he still has some learning to do. For sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think that's all I got. All right then. Then let's move on to the little girl on the cover art of this volume, Echo. Her eyes are so. <laughs> big they are <laughs> like it's huge you said tonari's eyes were big back when she was introduced yeah i did <laughs> i did i i think i think echo takes the cake at yeah. this, at this point. <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, definitely. And she's got such cool eyes, too. Like, it's not just the size. It's, like, the shape of them and, like, stuff like that, too. Right. They look really, yeah. really awesome. Yeah, something about it is, is I guess, unique for, uh, or compared to the other other characters. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah very interesting. Mm. And, uh, and, yeah, we learned pretty early in the book that it turned out that her her home was destroyed by the knockers mm. and that she is possibly the only one left of her people. Obviously we can't say oh, for you think sure. So? I mean, we don't know. Well, first of all, we don't, I mean, definitely we can't know, but I, 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 I think it's a possibility because we don't know how big that civilization was or is. Uh, it's possible. It was just her, her, like, like, well, well, where she lived, it's possible. I'm, I'm just saying that. Yeah. Um, since they, they, they've got to be in a, a minority, you know. Right. At least by Fuji's interpretation of the memory he saw, it was a village. So, yeah. and unless the, unless that's the only village of these people, then that could imply that there's more villages. Right. But for, then again, for sure. For sure. Um, we can't. I guess we can't say. Mm. Yet. Yeah. Because I'm thinking since they have, it like it's been implied that they are very rare, like. Most people haven't haven't seen one of these earthenware people before. I think as like well because they were on the on that freak show and that was made out to be something very very special. So, but yeah, like anyway, like obviously it's not necessarily this this way. But assuming that was the only civilization of her people, then mm-hmm. maybe she is the only one that still lives. Yeah, maybe. I- it would be it it would be really sad if that was the case. Um, mm, yeah. And is that from genocide or just the knockers yeah. or yeah? Mm. Who knows? But we do learn that she has amazing perception. I can't remember if it was Bon or Kahaku who made the observation that maybe it's the earthenware people earthenware people who have good perception like that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, they wouldn't be able to probably know for sure. It might just be her, her individually who, who has that uh, ability. Yeah, quick to pick up on things. So definitely they, very well, quick to pick up on changes. You know, just right. Yeah, like she noticed the net knockers attacking at the end, and she noticed the, the waterways like that that had mm-hmm. a problem, and you know, thanks to her, that that got fixed. What it almost like felt like she could feel it. Like she could sense it, yeah, and she was able to go through that maze and and find it. Exactly. So maybe it is somehow related to her people, like with their supernatural powers somehow. I uh, mean, at least that. So that. So her ability that that ability explains why she was so conscious of the leaks in the in the ship. It's because she could just tell that there was something going on. Oh yeah. That there was an issue. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, totally, definitely. I so I've been thinking. I was thinking about that basically because of the was it the comment that Kahaku said about earthenware people. It was either him or Bon. I can't yeah, I it. think it was Kahaku, but mm-hmm. but yeah, regardless. So based on that and and just seeing what Echo has done, I and, and what how their people live supposedly and how they communicate uh, with that jar. Mm. Um, I I do wonder, and I don't know if I said this last time. It's been a while. Um, but I do wonder if they have a special connection to the earth, hence the name, but right. not just the earth, but maybe the beholder's body in a way. Ooh. And, and so they are able to, because 
if if what Fushi's doing is similar to what uh, the Beholder has done, then mm. these earthenware people have a connection to the Beholder and other things like like well, basically all of creation, and so they're able to right. maybe like tell what's going on or some or like issues that may be there and be able to sense things that perhaps we can't or we is not the wrong is the wrong word but that like normal people can't sense right right yeah i mean maybe that's interesting and my train of thought went from there went to are the earthenware people not not made of the same kind of material or maybe that's not maybe that's going too far but maybe they're not the same as just regular people you know Mm. maybe they were maybe they were actually created by uh the beholder in some capacity and mm. i don't know i mean does that mean they're they're they they should be immortal as well but i don't i don't know it's something something strange or something <laughs> definitely strange going on and i want oh, to yeah. and i can't wait to learn more yeah i really hope we do too because i because with this with the reveal in this volume that well i guess with the at least possibility that she might be the only one left of her people or at least the way i thought about it mm-hmm. with that revealed i i guess i started feeling a bit a little bit less sure that we might learn more about them that would be such a wasted opportunity though. i know i know i agree <laughs> but you know definitely still holding out hope that we will learn some more because they're definitely really interesting mm-hmm. i mean well look even even if the people are all gone i i don't think you can not touch on the earthenware people whatsoever or who they yeah. who they were, what their purpose was. I, I think True. either way that has to be touched on. Yeah, especially since in this book we learned that there is like research and, and information about them through books and like stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and also since, you know, Echo has basically become a daughter to Fushi. Yeah. I totally agree. I I even wrote that down. <laughs> right. And and at this and like with that kind of relationship to the main character, there's no way that she isn't going to be an important character, you know. And and to explore right. her people would make a lot of sense with that in mind. Mhm. Hmm. Uh but yeah, like she uh she tried to make food for Fushi the first time didn't turn out so good, but as Fushi later on figured out, it was probably because the water was just bad, um, and and also like how Fushi recalled his own days, you know, as an actual bad cook, back you know with the, the booze man and Pure and Gugu, uh, was was pretty pretty sweet too, uh, mm-hmm. and I I don't know she she had a lot of interesting or or a few different like food related things this volume later on with the. You know, she lied to Fushi about the food that was going to be served yeah. at home. <laughs> you betrayed uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> but then it turned out she had made, like, her own sukiyaki and, like, uh, and it apparently tasted great. Oh, that's oden. Or not oden, that's uh, onabe. Oh, was it not sukiyaki? It looked like sukiyaki to me. That's nabe. Tell me, what, what what's the difference between that and sukiyaki? So, sukiyaki is kind of like... It's similar. It's similar to a nabe, I guess, but um, it, it's just the presentation and the sauce that you cook it in, and then oh. you dip it in the egg over rice. Uh, yeah. Nabe is literally you just kind of cook everything in a pot. Um, Don't you do that with sukiyaki too, though? 
it's just different sauce and okay, and okay. different presentation. I gotcha, gotcha. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, maybe we'll start a cooking podcast one day. <laughs> 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 That's all I had for Echo. Do you have anything more? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, so, uh, sorry. I while we, while we were also talking, I was trying to find the whole Fushi H thing, like because I was trying to just. It's such a minor thing, but I was just trying to get the direct quote. <laughs> I haven't still haven't found it yet, but I will get there. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when they're in the tower, she puts on Dean's mask and is holding Gugu's mask. I, I just thought that was really cute. Yeah. Like she just runs towards that mask. Totally. And just puts it on. Totally. Uh, oh. And chapter 90, which is her kind of main chapter where she finds the dirty water. Yeah. It is called Devotion That Echoes in the Drain. Right. And yeah. Echo being similar to what they call her in mm. Japanese translation, Echo. So it's like, why would the English translation go with idiot instead? Like, I don't, I really don't understand the choice there. I mean, I understand narratively, or like with the Eng- with the lang- language in mind, I understand it because linguistically, sure. Right. But <laughs> I I think narratively, that's that could be an issue. It could be absolutely like I definitely you know we're on the same page there. I just yeah I, I there is a logic to the English translation is all I'm saying. Oh oh well, yeah. Uh, I mean. Just as Fushi is called Imo in some translations, like there is a logic to that, even though I don't like it. When Fushi is you know quote unquote resting, because Kahaku demands it, she's able to she can tell that he's not there. Like I feel like she she's able to tell that. Fushi is not physically there, like he's transported his conscious to another body. Exactly. Mm. And now is that because she could just tell he's not breathing? That that was my interpretation, but I mean, maybe it's, there's something else. I mean, it, it's either that or she just is able to somehow tell that the consciousness is not there. Right. And I, I love how much, how helpful she wants to be. And <laughs> obviously chapter 90 was precious, but throughout yeah. the whole, that the whole volume, she just wants to be helpful. And, yeah. and I'm just thinking... This person can't speak, as far as we understand, and they communicate with you a jar, and yet she wants to be helpful. She feels like this is important to do. Like I, she's aware of all that and mm. and wants to be there. So it makes me wonder how much she's able to process, how much she's able to understand. Yeah, I feel like she understands more than she. Or, or, I mean, obviously she can't speak herself, but I feel like she can understand right. spoken language to at least some extent. Uh, yeah. I, potentially you're right um because she's able to cook these meals yeah (laughs) that are they're pretty good i mean Uh that's 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 impressive for however old she's supposed to be Mm. um true and also she probably never had or or, or, i don't know i guess we we don't there's a lot we don't know about her people to be fair but i imagine Mm -hmm. you know the customs in the part of society that she lives in now must be very very different from back where she came from i i imagine hmm. so that's also a, even that's a whole lot of new things to learn sort of like that because the the dish that she cooked i i, I imagine was something that kahaku taught her because it's like a japanese dish and he comes from mm-hmm. a country that's inspired by japan right so you know <laughs> yeah so that, that's probably that's probably what it is hmm. but she is a fast learner regardless oh to- yeah completely yeah i mean that's uh all i got all right then well and speaking of kahaku let's talk about him next sure 
he really became like almost like a housewife in this book, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, like doing a lot of the cooking and, and like watching over the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, was pretty. Well, I, I thought it was pretty sweet to see, to see him in that kind of role. Uh, and <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny, you know. It was. He's just like the the house spouse or the house wife, <laughs> you know, just waiting for uh, Fushi to get home. It's like, come home, we miss you. Yeah. Echo misses you, please. Yeah. <laughs> and it was also so sweet to see how he genuinely really cared for Fushi's well being, and yeah, like he, he was true. really the only one who who you know heeded Fuji to take rests and to take care of his body and you know, like to to not overwork himself uh, everyone else I mean Fuji obviously wanted to keep working because he knew how important the work was so I can I obviously I understand that but nobody else really thought Fuji would be able to overwork himself everyone else trusted Fuji which I guess is a good thing that they trusted him mm-hmm. but but Kahaku really was the only one that was right in in thinking that Fuji needed to rest, and and it became obvious when, well, first of all, he was leaving all these sticky stuff in the houses after you know making them in a rush, and later on he actually got seriously exhausted afterward. Like, so yeah, should have listened to Kahaku. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess my last my last little thing on Kahaku was that I thought it was interesting to hear, sort of from him how how much a part of him he feels like the knocker in his hand is or in his arm right because we obviously we we've talked about this we've speculated and like sort of discussed this but hearing directly from him that he really views it as as part of him and like if he didn't have it he wouldn't really know really who he like he he might not have been the same person or he or he might not be mm-hmm. the same person without it stuff like that yeah it's really a burden on him yeah, you know? mm-hmm. like just he, he says you can't choose your own parents. And it's like, wow, it, mm-hmm. that kind of mentality really, yeah, it kind of really hits with him. You know, he, yeah, he couldn't choose his the, the person he was, he, you know, he was born to, you know, the, the, the burden he was given. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that is that is that is sad. Actually, I'm just curious. Do you have any like speculations uh, as to what will become of Kahaku and his knocker in the future? Like, I'm just curious if you if, if that's something you've given thought to. Um, I mean, with all these characters, death is always on my mind. <laughs> fair. <laughs> totally fair. Um, yeah, I'm not, not entirely sure. Although now with the, with the possibility of everyone just coming back as mortal beings, um, mm. <laughs> it's like, well, what does it matter if they die per se? Uh, although that's that's also a terrible thing to say, uh, so forget I said it. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I I think that we've gone a pretty long time without there being any tragic loss, so we could be due for one, and Kahaku or Bon would fit the bill. So I I would Fair, think yeah. it'd be one of those two mm. being. Um, I don't think well, man, it could be both, I guess, but. Um, <laughs> Maybe not at the same volume. Uh, eh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that will come back to it's bite. Hard. <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, uh, but yo, do you think Kahaku will pass Hayase's will on, or do you think he will be the last reincarnation of Hayase? 
Is that some, uh, if that's something you're giving thought to? Maybe I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> and if I am, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I haven't given thought to it this volume, but in previous volumes I have because mm. I'll be honest, when I was reading previous volumes, I thought potentially, you know, that they could be dead the next volume, you know, just with how the story had been going. Gotcha. But so in those previous thoughts, I, because he hadn't found a wife and... Or, or a way to continue his seed and that he seemed to be so set on Fushi and being the person who's be able to get closest to Fushi, it almost felt like he wouldn't be able to do that. And that mm. the Hayase line would potentially end there. But then I thought to myself, ah, what, would she just totally in that plot thread? Uh, yeah, that would be I'm, a shame. But, <laughs> but then again, Kahaku would be a good place to end it because true. he also kind of true. Hmm. reconciles the what 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 has happened in his past and almost has become repentant of that, hmm. um, even though it's not his his sin to bear. But um, he's I guess he understands the the issues his family has caused, right? Ancestors have caused. So there's that for sure. As for the as for the knocker, I don't think the knocker will have too much of a play in the story and if the knocker's gone well meaning meaning that it won't last long is what i mean uh-huh. um i mean it's very important to the story but uh death is eminent for it i think yeah so that so that being the case um unless fushi is able to create a new body for kahaku in some way then I, yeah i think i think it's i think i can say after all that rambling <laughs> i think i can say kahaku will pass away um, with that knocker. So, gotcha. That's my that's my opinion. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cool. ready. I'm ready to be wrong. <laughs> hey, if if I am wrong, oh, cool, cool. Like you know. Right, right, I'd, right. I'd be, I, I just wonder, like, who? Well, I guess we wouldn't have to know who would continue the Hayase seed, but it just seems at this point, I wonder if Kaku even wants that. You know. Yeah. I feel like he's, like I said, he's gotten the most, he's gotten the closest to Fushi out of any of the other reincarnations. So For sure. it's almost like maybe he couldn't move on. Yeah, I wonder. Don't know. He may or may not have been hitting it off a little bit with the Poco. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. Well, well. I not, didn't want to bring this up. <laughs> but I have, I have like had this kind of s- <laughs> small inkling that maybe Poco was, it was kind of into him. And at least physically, she is. Physically, yes. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, it was—it was all the way back in, like, was it volume seven when she first like joined them on their journey? Oh, I think that was volume eight. Oh, it was volume eight. Excuse okay. me. Mm-mm. And she kind of turns and looks in Kagu's direction. It's like, oh, there's some interesting things. Like, and that's <laughs> what got me thinking. He's like, oh, maybe, oh. maybe she has a little something there. Maybe. But then again. I was gonna say this Poco discussion, but you brought it up and I got excited. So I mean, go go, um, go for it. We'll, we'll talk about I'm some sorry. other things about her later, <laughs> right? Uh, but she, but but we can't deny the fact that she seems to be very interested, just in general, in finding a boyfriend, and mm-hmm. and so she probably considers anybody who's you know good looking to be a potential candidate. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> and she, according to her, she's kind of ruled him out. Um. Just because I oh I 
I know what's going on in there. You got some issues. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> or maybe you got issues. So, <laughs> oh no. But yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess that that's a sign that she's uh, smart. I have a lot of questions about Perona. Uh, not Perona. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all these p names uh, po- <laughs> yeah, no. uh poco yeah but when we i'll save that for when we get there either way um that is an interesting question you you gave to me about kaku and i guess i guess mm. we'll see what happens there absolutely absolutely so. um i do have a little bit more about him though go, go for it go for it uh, po- poco asks if or about about his feelings for Fushi, and he says he still loves Fushi, and maybe even more now. Right. Um, but he says that his love is being tested. Yes. And I was like, what does that what does that mean exactly? Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like he said something similar to that in one of the previous volumes. I think it was when you know when he went a little crazy. Oh. I think he said something oh, yeah, yeah, similar yeah. to that when when Fushi started changing into like the old man form. And... Yeah, like, you're testing me, aren't you? Yeah. Something like yeah, right. He was fooling himself in that in that case. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, I mean he's uh, definitely in love. Yeah. But he is. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> I think at this point, I, I you could we can say that it's unrequited love um, oh, yeah. at oh, least yes. romantically speaking i do think fushi cares about him um maybe not maybe maybe not as much as some of the other people he's had on his adventures just because of the the history mm. with his reincarnation and everything yeah um but i think that you know deep down he he cares he cares about him mm-hmm. and i mean there's that one point where He's talking about bone is I you've never should have trusted that man and he's you know kind of going off like he's his wife or whatever, and yeah <laughs> uh, he's he, you have me you know I yeah. <laughs> you don't need anybody else I'll be with you always. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuji doesn't really acknowledge that he's just kind of yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah his face definitely doesn't like respond to that or like re- return <laughs> yeah. those. Uh, Right. <laughs> it's like I love the sentiment the, the sentiment, but not right now. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I mean he was already in a bad mood anyway. Like that that wasn't yeah. that wasn't gonna cheer him up. Really. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, man. Anyway, so that that's all I have on Kahaku. Um uh-huh. I will say that while I I'm okay with the role he has, I, I still don't feel as strongly about him as maybe maybe you do or something like that fair um, totally fair i mean I, i'll say this book didn't do too much for him i i would probably say mm-hmm. like the main reason i still love him is really because of i guess volume seven eight and nine more okay. much more so than volume 10 uh mm. this one didn't lower him to me but it didn't i guess make him no. better yeah but yeah still yeah. still really love him though yeah fair so moving on to Bonchin. Yay! Um, so he's he's he was you know he got the nickname Baron Springroll last volume, yeah. and turns out he didn't even know what <laughs> spring rolls were. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Did you see him like picking the spring roll with the, the chopsticks? Like, yeah. what is this? Is... <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah. I wonder if po- Poco knows what a spring roll is. Yeah, because like, she was the one who gave him that name, right? Well, she she heard Fushi say it, 
and then uh, she gave him the name. Ooh, that's right. But that's like, right. Uh, yeah. No, in, in that case, she probably doesn't know in that case. Mm, gotcha. Because it might, <laughs> you know, it's probably something that doesn't really exist in their culture. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's like the equivalent of the Oriental culture, you know? Yeah. The Oriental dish. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I guess Bone's mission for the first part of it was you mm. know, finding these allies for Fushi. Exactly. These potential immortal allies. Yeah. And we said that, I, I was thinking, well, surely he doesn't mean actual immortal beings. He must be talking about finding somebody that can um, be useful for Fushi as, as like an immortal body kind of a situation. And it turns out that that is what the plan seems to be, you know? Right. Ev- ev- I think eventually he will, or when Fushi find, finds out, then he will have these three capable people, at, at least these three specifically, adding with the people he could potentially have already. Yeah. Um, to his, I guess, arsenal of <laughs> immortal allies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, Kahaku's words or, or his, his promise or whatever you want to call it definitely didn't live up to Fushi's expectations there. And I, I mean, I don't blame Fushi because Fushi mean, definitely got... Bond's promise? Oh, sorry, sorry. Of course, I meant Bond's promise. Uh, okay. Yes, uh, a little tired. <laughs> uh, but no. like, yeah, like I, I definitely don't blame Fushi for that because he got so excited, you know, True, he while did. waiting for Bond's return. He got really, he got, he, he, you know, his expectations were <laughs> pretty high, <laughs> which maybe was, I mean, obviously it was dumb of him to, to get so excited because he, hey. he, he should know that he is a one of a kind. As, as Bones said, good thing Fushi is stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. That's so true. Yeah. So actually, what did you think? What did you think of that? Like, initially, when you saw that Bon put Fushi to sleep like that, like, I, I, I was just curious, like, what was your mm-hmm. initial reaction when you saw him do that to Fushi? Because, um, like, sorry, because I'm asking you because of what you said recently about... Well, you, you you sort of expressed some ideas about Bond perhaps being fishy in some sense. So I was curious to uh, see what, kind of what you thought of that scene when you first saw it. If that, I don't know. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't think, and, and maybe that's my fault for not thinking. I, did, I didn't think it was <laughs> like a malicious attack on him I see. at all. Mm. Um, I, I didn't know what, because I, I guess I've, I guess I've just, tr- I'm just trusting Bond so much here that... <laughs> Whatever he was doing, uh, I was gonna be like, okay, you know, where where are we going with this? I mean, obviously, I was like, oh, all right, that's a little that's a little extreme, but I'm sure there's a reason behind it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm and I'm glad it turned out to be talking with the the man in black about that. For sure. Uh, so, um, yeah, I I don't I do remember saying that like potentially, what if what if he gets kind of really prideful and decides to, you know make the the kingdom his own or whatever and mm-hmm. and i mean that was you know that was just like a, a po- you know one potential like, possibility uh-huh. um i'm definitely not feeling that way right now cool, cool. um <laughs> so yeah. yeah trust this volume is more a lot about trust so we we, we yeah. gotta we gotta trust him <laughs> i mean and, and in the end fushi was like seemed seemed to be totally okay with it yeah right um, exactly he like yeah, the the scene after that, he definitely didn't seem worked up over that at all. Mm-hmm. More on Bon? 
Yes. Um, uh, so the two, I mean, this is kind of minor, but the two spirits that are with Bon, they said that they had lingering regrets, but now they just want to be in the world with, with Bon. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's similar to potentially what's happening with Fushi and the few spirits that are with him. But they don't have necessarily lingering regrets because, again, we got to remember Gugu said he didn't have any regrets. Um, well, he said... It, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess... Yeah, he, he uh, said he had no regrets. Either he said it and didn't fully mean it or there was more to it or there's more to that, how that works, I guess. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> and and to be fair, I mean, he could he could have regrets. So, like, he easily could. Yeah. Um, or things that he wished he could have done. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the as way... As well as the other people around him. Exactly, because the way these two spirits put it when they were talking to Bon in that scene was that, well, they, they both expressed it as if that the reason why they stayed behind as Fies was because they had these regrets in various ways still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that might just be the way that they put it. Like, that, that might just be a common right. factor between these two. There could be more mm. to it, like why people don't go to paradise. Oh, you know, I, I mean, I'm just thinking, like there, there could be other reasons. As I think we've sort of talked, because when we talked about like why are these oh, oh, specific oh, oh. fights? Yes, 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 yes. I thought I thought you were talking about like a restriction or something. Like oh, that. oh, no, 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 no. Like yeah, but yeah. yeah you, no, you I it, I totally agree. Know. I guess what I was trying to say is, it for these guys it was because they had regrets, but then they wanted to stay with Bone. Mm. Um. But I think with the people that are on Fushi, I think the main is they just wanted to keep helping Fushi in some way. Yeah. Um, not so much they had the lingering regrets, I guess. I mean, especially with Tonati. I think Tonati had... It felt, it felt like from the from the get-go, she was just like, ah, I'm helping Fushi no matter what. Exactly, yeah. Basically, um, since she got to know Fushi, she made that her her mission, mm-hmm. since, sort of. Uh, but, right. with, but with March and Gugu, for example... I imagine, or at least initially, because at least definitely March did, didn't, you know, know yeah, about Fushi. March. You know, with her, it was really, I think, her dream that made her stay yeah. around. And I could see that being the case with Gugu as well, although it could be more than that with Gugu, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. But Gugu also had a dream that was never fulfilled as well. And, yeah. That, and and that makes me wonder though if that is the case why Gugu if Gugu stayed behind because he still had an unfulfilled dream why or if if this is the case or if Reen isn't there because we haven't seen Reen there mm-hmm. if then why isn't she there yeah if she also had that strong dream similar to Gugu's I don't know it puzzles me why Reen isn't there I. Yeah, I. <laughs> my 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 only simple reasoning is that Reen moved on to paradise, and that Gugu wanted just to stay behind to be with his brother. That's yeah. my that's my only potential reasoning for it. True, I mean that's that 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 makes sense. But obviously, that that doesn't take into account their dream. Although, did they mm. did they share the same dream? I, I guess. I mean, they shared the dream of being together, right? They did share that dream. That's so that's, very true. That is one thing, at least. Mm-hmm. And and I mean that 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 is the shared dream that I think is represented or depicted on the volume four cover. It, <laughs> it's the two of them together, yeah. you know. And I yep. think that is a shared dream. It's not just Gugu's dream; it's her dream too. Oh yeah, um, I, I I can so. agree with that. <laughs> 
So, yeah. But anything more on Bond? <laughs> <laughs> I think this whole fight with Fushi, while I, I did say I share my gripes or my kind of frustrations with, you know, Fushi's attitude, hmm. I think it all could have been avoided if Bond would just explain the whole resurrection thing or the whole, you know, yeah. Fushi's powers. I, th- he feels like there's a reason and, and maybe he's right, but it just... <laughs> And maybe he's talked to the beholder about it, cause cause he's confirmed he confirmed in this section, or in the sorry in this volume hmm. that he is able to see and talk to him. Exactly. Um, so it could be that he, the beholder made him, made him keep quiet about it, in some hmm. for some reason. Ooh, that would be interesting if they if the two of them have had a conversation that we haven't seen in the story. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, because I, I also can't really, like, I don't really understand his reasoning for not sharing it with Fushi at this point. Yeah. I really don't. But if the Beholder has something to do with it, I guess that would maybe explain it. Hmm. Like, maybe he just asked Bone to, like, please <laughs> wait. I mean, it's, please, maybe it's this. <laughs> please. Like, he, he got down on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just no, that no. he still has things to learn before he should learn that like i i don't know yeah i don't know definitely interesting to think about though or the other spirits asked him not to share for some reason true yeah that, that's right bond could be influenced from so many directions we don't mm-hmm. we don't really know yeah man i i am very puzzled about this because nothing completely makes sense to me I, yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> well, and it's also the fact that he fe- it feels like he's trying to hint at it. Like it, it, when they're playing the game and he comes in, but if you had the ability to, to resurrect your pieces, it's like, <laughs> we might as well just tell him. <laughs> but obviously, Fushi just like, wa- you know, walks away. He's like, good thing Fushi's stupid, right? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, all these hints. He's like, oh, are you trying to keep it a secret or not? Like, <laughs> Man, yeah, just just tell the boy. Yeah, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all I have. Okay, then let's talk about his sister, Poco. I think one of the funniest things in this book was when she was having like holding that speech in front of all the people that she was standing <laughs> on the stage, and suddenly she was speaking, like, perfectly normal. <laughs> like, What? <laughs> <laughs> How on earth does that work? Hey, my speech impediment is a choice. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was so like not not only did she not have the like all the s word become sh sounds, she also used like w- really advanced words that I wouldn't have expected her to know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that was just really really unexpected. <laughs> Indeed. Her appearance was kind of unexpected too. I. I really didn't see her coming back to this into the story, to be honest. Right, right. But it was nice, nice to see her. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, definitely. For for sure. I I think it's funny how she's like kind of trying to find her boy. Like she's like kind of good, looks at the city. It's like the food's good. The men aren't half bad. Women are totally ugly. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> rude. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> but I guess that's like her. Maybe that's how she pumps herself up. It's like, oh man, if I can't find a boyfriend here. <laughs> I, Wait, what am I doing wrong? Anyway, so yeah. uh, although I don't know if how I I don't know how hard she's looking per se. Like she, 
You know what I mean? Like mm. she's going around to the these guys and and like checking them out, but she's not really maybe putting as much effort into it potentially. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh there was actually on like an extra page in the physical book. There mm-hmm. was there was like a messenger bird message from Poco to her family back in Uralis. Oh. You know, to her dad, mother and other brother. And Torta? Yes, Torta. Yes, you you remember the name? I remember. <laughs> I remember cake. <laughs> uh exactly. Uh and in that message, she basically said it was funny since it, since it wasn't a letter, it was actually like a message recorded, quote unquote, uh-huh. by her. It still had like her her weird way of speaking, yeah. <laughs> uh you know, which which a letter probably wouldn't have had. So they 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 were still able to work that into it thanks <laughs> thanks to it being a message and not a letter. Uh but <laughs> um in the letter she basically complains about being hit on by one hundred guys per day. <laughs> and like it's so oh it's so annoying. And you know, she um she says that all the women are mad at her for like maybe <laughs> because because she's so cute and she's like Ah, uh, why aren't I as ugly as them? Like, like, oh, like it would, would it, life would have been so much easier. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's really funny. But but what I thought was a little bit, I guess, a little bit more interesting at the end of the letter was that was that she, well, not, not it's not it's nothing major, but she said that she has realized that she likes faces of people from Yanome. Like she has to kind of realize oh. that she likes that general She's got look. The, oh gosh, I should never mind. I, <laughs> I, I think I know what you were going to say, but, <laughs> uh, and 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 she ended off by saying that she wants like once all of this has settled down, she wants to go to Yanome. Ah, <laughs> that's nice. It's, it's pretty. Funny. Hopefully, they're uh, open to foreign foreigners and travelers. Yeah, I hope so. It did seem like Yanome was a very uh, antagonistic country at the t- yeah at least 200 years ago exactly so yeah yeah maybe we'll see <laughs> maybe we'll see maybe we'll see <laughs> when fushi introduces her to echo she puts her hand on echo's chest it looked like, like that yeah mm. why <laughs> no idea no idea honestly <laughs> she's a child that was a bit like, weird i I was I was trying to think like maybe it just looks like this from that angle maybe she doesn't actually but it definitely looked like that. Well, now I gotta look again. You're gonna make make myself doubt. Oh no, I I agree. It definitely looked that way. But I'm just trying to think that maybe it wasn't actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean I don't know. Um, I mean or I mean I agree. Yeah. So that that was a little weird, and I don't I don't know don't know why. Maybe she's self conscious about chest sizes, but she does. <laughs> but she's a child, so she doesn't have it. Like. I don't no anyway. <laughs> it's it's a I'm gonna chalk it up to weird Japanese humor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's probably it. But how old is Poco anyway? Um not sure. She is relatively tall. Um Yeah, right. But but she's like she still... towered over Perona. Yeah, right. But but yeah, I don't know. I mean she I mean, I don't know, young adult or maybe late teens. Um I yeah. don't know. Although that's that, that's really just a guess. Maybe she's just just really tall and she's like, way younger. I I don't know. <laughs> I have no was... clue. <laughs> Other than the fact that she said she liked Kahaku's face and my whole thing on that, that's mm. all I got. All right then. Then 
Moving on a little bit to Princess Alma, or I think Messer or Messer or whatever. I think he called her Alm without the A at the end. I think, but I think that was his nickname for her because everyone else called her Alma. So interesting enough, in in my translation, it's A L M E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Messer called her. But before that, the, like the servants called her Alma. A L M A. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait a minute. In, in like the in in the flashback to when they were kids, uh-huh. and and they called for her, that which was the first time we ever saw her name. That uh, th- then she was referred to as Alma. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So just, I just assumed, I probably missed it. I just assumed then that that was her, I guess proper name, and that Master just called her Alm as a nickname, kind of. Yeah. Or Alm. Yeah, that's or, probably it. Because I, I imagine that it's a silent e. Uh, but anyway, the princess of Renriel. I don't have really all that much. Oh no! So it's A L M E Sama. Like it's it's A L M E for me too. Like when the huh? when the servants call her, it's A L M E. Still. Okay, not translation. Not in the physical book. Interesting. Yeah. In the physical book, it's like in the flashback, it's Alma when she's been called by the servants. And then the only one who ever calls her by name after that flashback is Masser and, or Masar, or whatever his his name is. Um, uh, And I just assumed since in the physical book at anyway, he always, it's always spelled with an E at the end. Then I would, I just thought that was what he called her as a nickname, but yeah, I, I guess, yeah, that that is a bit strange. That it's different. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, this is it's the Crunchyroll translation, so it could, it could be different than the official, I guess. I guess I, I'm just gonna. I, I like to think that the physical books are more official, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so Alma, Alma, I guess. Or I mean, we could call her Alm for short. I mean, as as he does. Um, sure. Uh, no. <laughs> we could. I, I I meant sure as, and we can call her Alma. Oh yeah. Ah. That's well. <laughs> I mean, either really. Um. But yeah. Do you got anything on her? Yeah, um, well, just just her history with Misar doesn't know she doesn't know that he is potentially her half brother. Yeah. So that 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 whole potential thing there is very very odd. Like, well, what do you like? I guess it's forbidden love if if you call it even that. Maybe maybe it's just a a familial love kind of thing. But then yeah. again, she doesn't know so. Hmm. Right, <laughs> that makes um, it makes it complicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I like how she said calls Church of Bennett. Is she said there's nothing but fools, so it's more like Church of Fools, ha? Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I guess well, her father didn't have a too big of a role. So if there's anything about him, right. we could touch on that here, King Baldron. I just like how he said, "Do something for the people." I'll leave behind like that. Yeah. Like that, that phrase. Absolutely. And yeah, he seemed very, very ill. Like I feel like he could pass away any, any moments, maybe mm-hmm. potentially. I don't have too much else really on those two. I just figured I'd mention them here because next I want to talk about Messar. Uh moving into the three musketeers, but starting with him, because I feel, I think he definitely had the biggest presence in this book out of those three. His his full name was kind of silly, I thought. Or well, M- Messar Robin 
Bastar or Bas- Bastard or whatever that fi- the last part of the name is. <laughs> because he is a bastard son of the king. Hmm. I-, I-, I guess that's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like this. Well, yeah, because his parents weren't married. That makes him a bastard child. And mm-hmm. and it's reflected in his name, not so subtly. <laughs> On my second read through, I, I noticed like, oh, you can see the similarities between him and the king. Oh, um, characteristically. Oh, interesting. I felt like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Thought the, I thought the face looked similar. Yeah, I think you're probably right. That's 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 not, that's a nice catch. I, I think I think Oima is usually pretty good at at doing those little mm. things. Um, also in a silent voice, but but we saw also like in the flashback to to Kai's childhood, like we saw his father who looked definitely similar to to him and stuff like that. Oh, and Reen's parents and but yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm getting carried <laughs> away. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we we talked a little bit about him earlier when we talked about the princess, but. He he was childhood friends with Bon. They've known each other since they were yeah, very was, little. That was interesting. Yeah. So that was fun to see. It's inter- yeah, it's interesting to me that he was brought to these kind of get-togethers, even though he, like, so what was his, like, his dad was the king, but his mom wasn't, and yet they, he was still able to go to these gatherings. Like, right. That is interesting, actually. <laughs> I, I guess. He, I guess I'm I'm guessing this the father like the king, even though he wasn't officially fathered to this boy, I guess he still cared for him since he was after all his son. So he gave maybe the the family that he was raised in some sort of noble status. Mm. I guess that would make sense. Maybe that's it. Mm. Mm. I have a little another little thing. It's it's a thing a little bit of a lead up. Although we've touched on some of it already, so it shouldn't be too long. Um, but we t- we mentioned earlier that. A little over a week ago, there was this uh, user named Great Dud Guy who joined our open Umami Manga Discord server. Again, linked in the video description on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, we had a good time talking about Kage Love is War and To Your Eternity and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and and anyway, Great Dud Guy lifted up this idea that Fushi, you know, when, when Fushi senses these fluffy, these white fluffy feelings in people, that it might, it might be more than just a good, just any good feeling. It might be specifically, potentially feelings uh more of more of a romantic nature potentially, because that would make sense since we saw you know Gugu when he was talking about Reen and Reen when she was talking about Gugu. And one thing that we hadn't really lifted up when we talked about Volume Seven, which he pointed out in the chat, was that Fushi picked up that that kind of white fluffy feeling from. Tonari when she was on her deathbed and of course we can't say for sure if it's just a general happy feeling or if it's specifically some kind of love-esque thing but if it is some sort of romantic thing it would make sense with the speculations that James and I had in at the end of volume six when Fushi left Tonari and you know we we talked a little bit about how maybe she had some feelings for him at least back right. then so I guess that would make, it would work with that, which I think is pretty pretty interesting to think about. That would be interesting. Um, it could it could be that because you remember Sandal mentions that both him and Tonari love him. 
Right. Um, so it could be less of a romantic love, maybe just a love and like a great love in general. For sure. Yeah, it definitely definitely doesn't have to be romantic love necessarily. Uh, although it definitely was in the case of Gugu and Reen. And if we, I mean, I, I guess it, it still could be romantic love, but I'm definitely not saying it absolutely it could, it is. It could be. Right. Uh, but I mean, I'm open to and, it to either. I mean, that would be. Okay, I mean, that'd be pretty cool if it was. But it would. It I would be. I, yeah, I would. It would have been cool for because we, you know, we love Tonari. It would have been awesome if she had those sorts of feelings. But the reason why I, I guess bring this up right now, anyway, is because Fushi felt that white fluffy feeling from Masar when they were talking about the princess. Masar knows mm-hmm. that they are half siblings, mm-hmm. and obviously this is. You know, a bit controversial, perhaps. At least mm-hmm. assuming it is romantic feelings. Uh, but, I, I don't know. Just interesting to think about, regardless. Um, and Or, you know, to speculate on. Or to, well, to ponder. Like, is it romantic feelings that he holds for her? Uh, he I, yeah. sure, Surely he would never mm-hmm. act on them, I, I don't think. Or at least that's... Right. The, it, it felt that way. So, you know, I think he's at least that responsible. But... But yeah, he might he might have such feelings for her if if those white fluffs do represent romantic feelings. Yeah, it, it that one that one's tough because it's you know what what is exactly he feel he feeling because she has the same tough things when Masar kind of blows and you see her face and by the way her face is very cute obviously of course shock, shocking surprise <laughs> she's a princess <laughs> she has to be cute yeah. <laughs> which is not true but anyway um yeah so it's seeing that and then the comparison with masar having those same things it's like what's exactly <laughs> being told here it's yeah i mean it it could it could end up being just one of those um forbidden love kind of uh situations i guess yeah yeah i mean japan's i don't think i'm familiar <laughs> with incest so. no <laughs> that's but that's anyway true. <laughs> no but I, I think well first of all well, I, 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 it's not too controversial like because we even even if they both well first of all we don't know for sure that they do but if they both do feel romantic feelings for each other i think it's semi okay because the princess doesn't know that they're related, so from from that point of view, it's I guess understandable. And Messer, I don't think would act would act on it as I said earlier. Like, mm-hmm. so I think it's it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all good. Yeah, yeah. Biggie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I th- I thought that was definitely yeah, just just interesting. But anything more on Messer? <laughs> Answering the door with two naked women, classy. Oh yes, uh, um, him being naked as well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, putting that kind of questionable act aside, I, I like how he practices the game repeatedly because he because he knows what he has to do in order right. to get the prince's attention. Is, you know, I mean, for, for me, I didn't see it as a huge deal he was doing it, but he could tell it was bugging Fushi. Um, so I like that reveal that it really meant something. Um, exactly. like he had a reason for doing that. Right. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. So, and it, it made for a good backstory with him and the princess. Yeah, we got we got some three fairly good backstories there, um, from mm-hmm. those three people, and uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was nice to see it. Yeah, really interesting. To get to know those three. Um, 
if we're done with Messar, we can move on to the next one, perhaps. Yeah, sure. So let's let's talk about Kai next. Okay. Well, very loyal to Bon, one of the one of his old one of his old soldiers. And I, I thought his backstory was probably my personal favorite out of the three, because I think it sent a really good message that basically said that things will be all right in the end, sort of regardless of how, of how miserable things might be. You know, sometimes they'll get better like it'll yeah things things will look up eventually uh and i thought i thought that was i thought that was nice yeah it was a good message mm. i'm excited to see i guess moving on from that i'm excited to see what he's building you know like he's he oh yeah it's like some weapon he's got going on Is it, yeah. what could it be what could that be <laughs> i actually have forgotten like i don't remember what he's working on so I, i'm just as excited for, uh, about this, uh, this it, as you it are. may not be that important then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i don't know <laughs> no i i mean i hope it's something really cool because it definitely well i am really curious and excited to see it yeah for sure more on kai we came here because of our regrets regrets sorry mm. we came here because of our regrets <laughs> um yes I, I really like that line from him yeah yeah Definitely. And I wonder then, assuming any of these three should die, will their Phi remain on Earth? or? So or, my or, thing about the whole Phi thing mm. is I always figured it was a choice that they made, a, a choice that they could move on or they could stay. It mm. wasn't necessarily like predicated on the, these desires that maybe they don't quite ha are, are conscious about. You know, yeah, yeah. So, if uh, because because Bone kind of gathered them and has probably explained to them the whole situation, I'm thinking yes, they will stay because they're making that choice. Once they die, their fi will stay. They have that will, mm -hmm. similar to maybe Hayase, who had a strong will of being reincarnated. Um, exactly. That kind of, that do you th kind of do you think maybe Hayase's fi is being reincarnated using the same? method as Piorin's five being reincarnated into a horse like do you think perhaps oh, at Hayase's um... deathbed she was actually somehow in touch with the beholder as well and oh and, and, and made a similar request perhaps yeah. I, I just thought about it like I have not uh... thought about this before <laughs> I think it's po possible because at least as far as we know but... that's the only way to yeah. pass a fight on to a different body as far as we have seen like because we only have the pure example Mm -hmm. So that that would also probably work. I mean, I guess it's a possibility, but why would the beholder withhold that information from from Fushi? Especially oh. because he was the, he was kind of the one who explained it. You know, he isn't necessarily withholding it. He's just not saying it. Like, <laughs> like, like he he's not lying. It's literally the same thing. <laughs> well, fair. Okay, 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 okay. No, but like he hasn't been asked about it. So that's you know I, I feel like he works like that a lot of time he he doesn't uh, say things that true true that isn't asked but, for. I mean they were they were literally talking about it you know and he kind of brought it up as like oh they explain it as reincarnation but you know when a, when a person's will is so strong it can could carry on etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah. then again maybe maybe that was just a detail um, he didn't want to explain so maybe you're maybe you're onto something there i don't know i mean obviously there might be multiple ways to make that happen but 
but yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on to Hyro. When I first saw him, when he took off the mask, I was like, oh, wait, is this a trap? Is this a girl? Yeah. <laughs> but it's de- definitely not. Definitely not a girl. Yeah, ended up not being. But but you were speculating last time that maybe it would have been the princess, I think you speculated <laughs> yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not quite, but but yeah. <laughs> Close. Nope. nope. I mean, nope. It, it, not it, even. it looked like it might have been a girl at, at first. I mean, I, I definitely... Agree there. I was getting some Lord of the Rings kind of vibes there, you know. Right, right. W- women in the, in, the, in the army. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, former head soldier of the Church of Bennett. And she's... She. He. Ha! Why did... Because <laughs> she's going to be talking to how that whole conversation. And, <laughs> and he uh, seems to be questioning the faith of his church now. Or at least... At least Bond seemed to imply that a little bit when he described the three right. uh, people. Uh, and I mean, I guess I guess it, he's probably onto something there because I, I don't think Hyro would serve someone who is helping Fuji if he was still loyal to that faith. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah, we got three pretty interesting new new warriors here. Uh, but I think Messar, at, at, at least in my opinion, definitely the most interesting out of these three. Yeah, I think Messar, from a from a story protective uh, perspective, mm. like has more going for him. Yeah. I think Hyro is just interesting because he feels no pain, and just that whole yeah. concept is very interesting. And 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 his bast- backstory with the Church of Bennett is is really disturbing, like yeah. how they kind of just took out all his teeth like that, and so he probably wears false teeth and right. It's like, wow, man, it's really sad. Very, yeah. For the life of me, I cannot find that stupid quote where I know I know it's Kahaku who says the, the age of Fushi, <laughs> but I can't find it. I mean, he doesn't. Well, it, I'm pretty sure I was right in that he says he's 100. Or, sorry, or, or excuse me, like he, give, he gives a number. Yeah. He gives a number. I'm just trying to find I think you. I think number. you said the number right. Like, I think 233 was right. But that is 233 years older than Messer, I think, who he was speaking to at the time. Mm-hmm. We don't know his exact age, but, you know, uh, he's probably at least 20. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not so much I, I'm, I'm caring about that. It's just I, I just want to find it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's fine. It's fine. Um, you don't understand. It's not fine. I'm <laughs> trying to find it. <laughs> anyway, you may continue. All right. Let's talk about the Beholder next. Okay. When Fushi learns that, or at least they're communicating with the knocker in, in Kahaku's hand, uh, and I'm not saying he necessarily learned something because I'm still not taking everything that the knocker says, you know, for granted. I don't know, you know, it could be lying as far as as far as we know. But but mm-hmm. when, when it says that they communicate with each other through through these mental images, but that it doesn't work unless both of the knockers are like cooperating to you know to to have a conversation in that kind of way. Fushi thought of the beholder who had in previously in the story had said that he he can't control minds, and I didn't exactly see the significance there. Like to how like to the similarity necessarily. I mean, I I mean, I I understand 
I, I understand it. But I don't exactly see why Fushi's mind went there, I guess. But it seemed it seemed important somehow. Like it's like the just the way it was depicted on the page made it seem like that well, Fushi wondering about that that's potential similarity between the beholder and the knockers, I guess. Mm-mm. That it was somehow important. What, what did you make of that, if if anything? I ignored it. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I need I need to see the exact quote again. Um, oh yeah, it was pretty much after they got to Renriel, uh, Fushi and Kahaku. So you're you're just wondering about that he can't control minds. Well, Fushi seems to think that it was somehow similar that. The be- like cause he, he, he was reminded of the fact that the Beholder can't control minds when the mm-hmm. knocker told him that the knockers can't control each other's minds, basically. Or, well, so, so, sort of. What I didn't understand exactly was why this is important right now. Because it's not new information about the Beholder himself, but Fushi made a connection between the, the knocker's information and the Beholder's previous statement. That is what has me a little bit puzzled and it makes me feel like it's important but i don't see how it's going to be important i see i see they yeah where you're saying it could be important but i i i just think it it's just explaining how phi is independent um right maybe i was just thinking too much into it or or like trying to or because it's it it seemed the way it was put on the on the page how how puzzled fushi was over it made me feel like it was going to be something very important, uh, like uh, maybe I'm wrong. You've read you've read more I, than I have. Uh, but, yeah, but I mean, I, as I said, also I've forgotten a lot of the things, uh, especially from this point on. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I guess I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what comes of that. <laughs> we also sort of get it confirmed here in this book that Fushi will indeed replace the Beholder one day mm-hmm. after he has acquired all the things that the Beholder has, and at that time. The Beholder will vanish. Um, and Massar asked him, or he asked the Beholder, if he created Fushi because he's going to disappear regardless, or if he created Fushi because he wants to disappear and like he needs right. someone to take over after him. I and, think that's exactly it. Right. Honest. I mean, yeah, I've said that in right, previous discussions. I'm, I'm really unsure which one of those, because we didn't get... To see his response, if he if if he even did give a response, um, I'm thinking he probably did, though, because maybe we'll maybe not we won't necessarily get a flashback to this, but maybe at least one of these characters that were present in this conversation might rely or relay this information to Fushi, perhaps in the future, maybe. Um, but it would be nice to get that sort of confirmed as well, because I I was really. I, I get really curious and interested when I saw that scene, but then obviously we didn't get to see the answer to it. I think his silence was kind of telling, in my opinion. His silence? Um, the Beholder's silence. Well, the scene cut off right there. We didn't get to see it. Well, you know what I... Well, okay. Excuse me. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he didn't say anything. Oh, Oh, you think he didn't respond to that question at all? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. 
But okay. then, hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you did. I mean, I I don't know. I I, I actually don't know. <laughs> so it could be anything. Well, I just think it's cool that he shows himself, you know, to the other the other three. I mean, we've kind of already got to this point, but it, it's just interesting that he would show himself to others, um, you know, without Fushi even being conscious. Yeah, yeah, and and he got stabbed by Messer. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was really but, dumb. I thought it was really dumb by Messi. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. But I, mean, I don't know. He, I mean, he, it, it's his personality, but I just... Someone that looks... Someone someone like that, I, I don't think, <laughs> ooh, stab, kill him. Yeah. Like, you know, take the advantage. <laughs> yeah, was, I don't know. It was funny, too, though, because Messer was definitely the one who looked the most terrified at the sight of him. Mm. Uh, so I guess that's just how he responds in fear, like under that kind of pressure, I guess. Um, definitely interesting to to see, or and and that he really has a, like just like Fuji or anyone really, he has this very you know physical body. He he bleeds. He isn't that supernatural or whatever. I mean, obviously he's very supernatural, but <laughs> I, I I mean I guess you you could see it as like things would just go through him or something like that. But that that wasn't the case, and he or or like things can't penetrate his body, but they they it could, so. Yeah. I guess yeah, yeah, you're right. That's that's some pretty good information to get. Yep. Dude, I wonder if there's ever going to be like a fight between like Fushi and the Beholder. Oh, I wonder. That could be Oh, that could be pretty pretty cool. Obviously, it could be pretty like like way way further down the line, of course, but but uh-huh. that could be Maybe tensions get pretty high between the two. Right? Oh. I I almost <laughs> I to be to be honest, I thought I felt like the story was going to go in a way where Fushi would gradually learn to appreciate the Beholder and, and maybe change his view on him. Um, but, yeah, maybe maybe it would lead to a, a fight kind of a situation. That could be very interesting. Could be, could be. I, I, this is another thing I never thought of until, like, just right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah. But not, yeah, obviously neither have i really i mean uh, maybe when we were like reading the the volume first say oh i wonder it's like oh is is or the, the series at first you know is the beholder a a bad guy you know right yeah um could he be an antagonist in some way well, he's still very gray in his morality i'd say like or it, it, at, yeah. at the very least it's hard to read it's, it's hard to know right. like where he stands we don't quite understand his ways. Yeah. And I still can't find that stupid quote. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> um, more on the Beholder? Nope. Then let's talk about the Knocker for a little bit. As we mentioned earlier, they we learn in this book that they, or at least assuming we can trust the Knocker in Kahaku's hand, we learn that they communicate through mental images, which we sort of speculated on a little bit before, that, you know, it wouldn't, they probably didn't have like a, an actual language language but but mm-hmm. yeah they have other means to communicate with each other and kahaku compared that method of communication to the earthenware people which i thought was a yeah an interesting, really interesting connection maybe i mean they might be completely unrelated or maybe there's something maybe there is some sort of connection there i mean obviously they are they are both they are both phi at the core like everything is you know as we as we know now so i guess there is at least that connection that we know for sure but i guess other than that it's, it's, right. it's hard to say 
Yeah, it's. I I think it's a connection that we can't quite ignore yet, mm. because yeah, it's. How often do you get? Do, well, how often do we see people communicate with images? You know, or it's mm-hmm. only it's only the earthenware paper so people so far. So, yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see if there is any connection between the knockers or maybe Phi in general and the earthenware. Exactly. So, I mean, at the very least, we can say pretty safely say that they're not allied with each other because, oh, no. you know, no. since, since the earthenware village was destroyed by the knockers. Uh, uh-huh. But, but yes, some connection should be, should be interesting to find out more about. Definitely. Uh, and I think the second interesting thing we, we learned about the knockers, or maybe the most interesting new thing we learned about the knockers, is that they are primarily driven by feeling, like f- feelings, like th- that appears to be their main drive force, sort of, in everything that they do. Mm-hmm. We we knew obviously we knew since earlier that they they have they, you know they feel very strongly about pain being a 100% purely bad thing and that that's right. that's why they well not why we why they do what they do like physical bodies feel pain so that's inherently a bad thing but but yeah they're emotional i guess in some sense as far as mm-hmm. as far as we could read from from this book i guess so bone asks if there's some sort of leader thing but then it goes into the writings of the knocker so i wasn't sure if that was supposed to be a you know a clever connection between the two and that they and that confirms that they don't have a leader and they're just going off of feelings and that's what leads them right or was it just something in between and that because because afterwards the beholder says that's something that can only be confirmed after death or something like that and Mm -hmm. which really gets me gets me thinking so is he still open to the possibility that there is someone controlling the knockers or is he just saying that it's most likely they're just acting on feelings? I, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it was, it wasn't very clear, I guess it was pretty mm-hmm. vaguely put in this book, but at least it was a little bit new uh, information. So yeah. Yeah. Still so many questions. <laughs> Right. But yeah. More on the knockers? Nope. All right. Then I guess there's just a... F- maybe not much at all, but a character that I don't have any, really anything to say on, but that I would just want to mention, a, a new character that was slightly prominent was Cam, or however his mm-hmm. name is supposed to be pronounced. The the knight from Renriel. Or I think he was a knight, right? Or at least a soldier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't have too much to say about him. Just wanted to, I guess, mention him by name because he is a new character that definitely had a presence in this book. I, I kind of like this funny moments, like you know, Bones asks, like, "Wait, who are you? Like, what are you doing here?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh yeah, we didn't tell him everything." Oh my god. Yeah. So, oh, and also like the image that that um, Echo gave Fushi about the food at home was like it was like her and and kahaku all happy and like a beautiful table of food and then when he got there like cam was sitting there eating and obviously <laughs> the, table, the table wasn't as beautiful and and stuff like that and, but yeah like the fact that cam was like the main uh, one of the big differences like between the 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 promise and reality i thought was pretty funny 
I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I was kind of, but I still was surprised that he grabbed Fushi to try to impress everybody, impress the ladies. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, go, come on, help me look really cool. I was like, dude, <laughs> nah, I don't know. Like, I, I yeah. kind of, I, I mean, he, he's a nice guy, but that was right. like not, you know, come on, don't, don't lie. <laughs> yeah. People. Lying won't impress the ladies, doofus. No. And, and, and obviously that, that ultimately was sort of the catalyst to, revealing Fuji's identity which was a bad thing but afterward he was also sort of the reason why the people started kind of opening their minds to yeah. Fuji. so he really did both good and bad he made Pro- up, probably he made more up so it. good mm. yeah so so yeah I, I liked his line let us protect the people important to us yeah like, you know it i think people want to help especially if it deals with people around them mm-hmm. so absolutely so do you have anything more on any other character other than the one that we saw on the final page in this uh, book? I do not. All right, then. Well, I, we touched on it very at the very start of this discussion. March is back, baby. Woo! <laughs> like, so happy for her. Oh, my God. And it's been I, like, yeah. like two and a half hundred years. I'm trying to find find how many years. I'm trying to find. <laughs> it's I'm, been I'm it's kidding. been it's been about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really really exciting. Like it's incredibly exciting to see. Like, cause she died back in volume two, and right, man, is she finally gonna? Is she finally going to be able to live? A, a life like be an adult right my is chief. that possible oh, i really hope so i really hope wow. so wow and, and you know and i'm kind of like well i'm really hyped for this i'm also like how do i feel about this how do i feel about you know being you know, somewhat emotional about this death and now she's back mm-hmm. and it's like you know give me back my tears no it's <laughs> no it's not, it's not exactly like that because no. i don't feel like it's a cheap thing you know what i mean like right it, it's been a long journey um to this point oh yeah but I, I guess i still have to wonder you know where does this go all where does it go from here and is death going to be a thing anymore i right it really depends i'd say because we knew that she was one of the five that we saw following Fushi. So if she can come back like this, then really any one of those that we've seen walking with Fushi should also be able to return, technically. Right. Meanwhile, other characters such as Perona, Reen, uh, the boy, and Yuan, we haven't seen those either. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can't return at all because they've already moved on to paradise completely right um so yeah. it it it. i guess with some characters maybe they can come back but others probably can't right i i that's what that's that that's well that's my speculation but i mean at, le- at least right now but maybe now that they know or fushi knows this ability maybe in the future he he just explains to people <laughs> you, you know hey if you want to you want to live forever or if you want to not die like just stay stick around and I'll, I'll make your body real quick like right <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah it definitely changes things like mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> 
which is exciting as well, you know, in in and of itself. True. True. I found the page, by the way. <laughs> okay. You've been searching for the, this whole oh, entire God. discussion. <laughs> okay. <I> know, <sighs> okay. Tell me what it says. <laughs> oh, I mean, you're exactly right. Okay, cool. Nice. At the very least, Emo is 233 years older than you. Mm-mm. Cool. So. Yep, yep. So that makes it probably at least 250. 250. Yeah, at, mm-hmm. like probably like a bit more than that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I guess that's it for all the characters and probably most of this discussion so far. Yep. So any final predictions, anything that we haven't talked about or, any, or anything else that we haven't talked mm-hmm. about in the discussion so far? Um, just, let me just say this next volume Oh, it it could go one of two ways, I think. Uh, either mm-hmm. there's going to be incredible disaster with some hope or a lot of a lot of good things with a, a small bit of disaster. <laughs> Did Shino hit the mic? Uh, well, she hit the mic that I'm talking to you through, uh, not the mic that oh, I'm recording gotcha. with. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. But she did. Uh, <laughs> She's being very playful right now. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so that's that's my thinking, and uh, I just I just worry. Like I said at the very beginning, I worry about Fushi spreading himself too thin, and and maybe that's gonna cause. Oh my gosh, cause some issue. I was talking about like Poco, uh, Poco there. <laughs> some issues, <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I just, gosh dang it, I just worry mm. that something bad could could happen. Um, but I'm glad March yeah. is there. I don't know how he's gonna take it in the middle of the battle once he figures that out. If he figures that out, if mm. March would just hide because she's kind of scared of the whole situation, or she'll go fight Fushi. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, there. Yeah, it's just really fresh and like, like th- this whole thing is like, wow. Like, where is this gonna lead? Like, well, where is this gonna go? Right, like, we're at the <laughs> at the beginning of a battle. Yes, exactly. So yeah, super super exciting. And um, speaking of the next volume. Uh, usually I've been showing you the cover art for the f- next volume like after we're done recording, but I'm, I figured with well, this one I actually want to show you the cover during recording to get your reaction. Oh gosh! Right now. Uh, oh, right so, now? Right now. Right now. Right now. So I'm I'm gonna send oh, you in the chat man. the cover art for volume uh, eleven. Oh, uh, I'm not ready. Have a look. Okay. Okay, I'm opening it up. Get a load of this. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh huh. Uh, well, I guess uh, I guess Kahaku's a dead man. For anyone who doesn't uh, know what the image is, it's Kahaku <laughs> holding Perona in his arms. It's pretty adorable. <laughs> it's really cute. It's really, really sweet and wholesome. But yeah, just just figured would be fun to get your reaction to that one on on recording. So. <laughs> yeah yeah now i'm really excited for this next time (laughs) (laughs) lovely lovely i'm excited to talk about it with you eventually when when we record it uh but yes 
Uh, I guess anything more to talk about before we round off this episode? I'm just thinking about this volume. It's, you know, <laughs> the last time he tried like embracing Perona, you know, Fushi puked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess it's, it's just his dream. I mean, <laughs> to hold her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. I think absolutely. I think you know, based on what we've seen, that's definitely safe to assume. Since oh, of course, pretty yeah. much every volume cover has been somebody's dream but yes it's uh hopefully there will be no pukes in in that dream <laughs> at the very least <laughs> no 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 <laughs> so it kind of it's kind of like a it's almost like a wedding pose kind of a thing yeah yeah definitely anyway. definitely romantic it pro- i don't know yeah i don't know if it has any bearing on the on the story so far that you never know the the covers haven't had too much i guess it depends but right i guess volume five we talked about that one being a bit a little bit Mm -hmm. spoilery since it reintroduced hyasa into the story but other than that one i think they're all pretty fine uh but yeah that's probably it for this week of umami manga Woo! if you enjoy our content you can follow us on twitter at umami manga And it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by either rating our show on the podcast platforms or subscribing to our channel, Umami Manga, on YouTube. If you liked this episode, please share it around with anyone you think might enjoy it too. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about Volume 11. Bye-bye! See you later!